watching waiting <laughs> come here what's going on everybody hey what's going on uh this is well we don't know exactly where this episode's gonna land in the catalog yet somewhere in the lower 30s it'll be somewhere in the lower 30s but welcome back to another episode of flip the record um so today we're doing another album review uh we've done a couple of these so far now we're covering the new album from Blink 182 on a sort of how do we put this well, we can I can I just preface this with Blink One Eight Two is one of my all time favorite bands. Yeah, it's maybe a good place to start. Uh, these guys are pop punk staples. These are two thousand rock staples. Man. Legends. Legends. I mean, as I, I mean, more popular than the band we just talked about, Three Days Grace. So we're recording this the day after Three Days Grace Part One, and the, we talked about Three Days Grace yesterday. These guys blow them out of the water. Yeah, in for, terms of popularity. Sure. In terms of popularity, yeah, for sure. Um. Certainly one of the four or five top bands of the 2000s, in my opinion. Um, and it's it's a shame we didn't get more stuff like this, man. Because, like, Tom leaving the band in whatever it was, like 2010, something like that, 2009, just left you with a decade of, okay, where's Tom? Yeah, so, well, I, I yeah, so then they get back together the first time, put out Neighborhoods in 2011. Which was, was all right. not good but not a total flop yeah there there's some songs i really liked on there there's some songs i could do without and then after neighborhoods tom leaves again and then uh you know he's working on his own stuff he's got boxcar racer angels and airwaves and blink 182 gets uh matt skiba from the alkaline trio yeah pretty sure i might have messed that up but either, either way they get matt skiba they put out california and I want to say 2015. That sounds right. Uh, good album. Yeah. I think critically it did well too and it did good numbers. Okay. And then they put out nine in 18? 2018, 19, yeah, 18. somewhere around there. That album, I don't really care for. I know you like it a little bit more than me. Yeah. I think there's a few songs on there that are certified hits. Um, but yeah, I can see where somebody, especially somebody like super big Blink fan, wouldn't love it. Yeah. So then during COVID, markets diagnosed with. Uh, cancer and stage four cancer and uh you know starts kind of talking to tom you know tom's supporting him throughout this i I actually i uh listened to they did an interview with zane lowe for like an hour and a half and i listened to probably the first hour of it so i kind of got like all the backstory from them which is really cool well that'll be good info today yeah but basically mark said you know tom's calling him every day like hey we're gonna get through this you're gonna get through this all this uh he does end up beating his cancer which is awesome and the band decides, hey, we're going to get back together again. And uh, this time it's, you know, for real. Like, we're going to do this and we're going we're gonna to make great music and we're just going to stick with it. And uh, they felt like, based on what was going on in Mark's life, beating cancer, and just all three of them, they felt like it was the right time for them to get back together. Well, and I think, you know, they mentioned it on one of the tracks we'll get into today too, but uh, Travis's plane crash was no light matter either. Right. So that was kind of why they got back together the first time in the mid twenty. So that like or like around 2010, I believe. Um, so yeah, that I mean that too though. That's another life experience where they're just like they kind of realize like, hey man, like life's too short. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's good to have these guys back together. They still sound incredible. It we you know what I was trying to get at the very beginning before we went on this other track is we've we've talked about these guys. Uh, we did a whole episode, kind of our pilot episode, on a different under a different title, right? Um, and it's uh, they're just iconic 
it's it's so good to have them back on the saddle. Um, let me open with this question now, because I think we've had some good discussion about this back and forth this week, and I think it might be a good way to close out the episode, too, is you get these guys back together, and it feels like throughout this album, they have a lot of talk about kind of the things we've already spoken about. Life's too short. You know, lo- tell the people that you love that you love them. Enjoy your time together. The album is titled One More Time. It feels to me like this would be a great place for Blink to kind of like send off. Yeah, so it's funny. Zane Lowe asked him this question in the interview where he's like, hey, this is kind of what it comes off as, but I know from talking to you guys, that's not the case. Can you expound on that a little bit? And they said, too, that it was just like they, they liked the title so much based on what they had been through and everything, and it was just kind of like based on their life experiences, but by no means is it like this is not their last album. N- not that they're saying like, oh, we're going to put out an, you know, an album year or whatever. They're not giving it a timetable, but they're just saying like we're back together. Like this is – you know, one more time of, of us not being together. Like we're, we're yeah. back together. We're in it. This is the last. Yeah. No yeah. more iterations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No more iterations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting point there too, that I bring up is, you know, do you want to see your, your bands go out on a high note? Like, I think we'll both agree. This is kind of a, this is a pretty good album from them. Yeah, definitely. You know, is it, would you rather see your band like be done after this album or have them do the the ACDC, the Rolling Stones, where they're making mu- the Kiss, where they're making music forever, and the last four, five, six albums are just like, eh. Yeah, I think you and I might differ on this because I would rather have them make keep making music as long as they enjoy it and that they think it's good, and as long as the band thinks that, and then I know there's going to be a handful of songs I'll be able to pick out from every album. Sure. Even if a majority, even if it's like you know, four songs off the album or whatever, and sure. the rest of it's are average. I'd rather have that. I guess it would just, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth when I see ACDC making music in 2010, dude. Well, okay. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. For ACDC, I agree with you, but I think that's like, they've been putting out, they put out what, since 20 plus albums? Something like that. It's since crazy. <laughs> for like the last 40, yeah, 50 years? Yeah, a long years. time, yeah. I, I think there's a difference from doing that and putting out an album once every three or four years. For the next, you know, call it ten to twenty for Blink. Sure, and it's it's a different thing too because these guys have got to be in what late forties, early fifties. Yeah, because they started right out of high school. Yeah, and that yeah. was like late nine, mid mid late nineties. Yeah, late nineties. Yeah, so they got to be close to closing in on fifty nowadays. For sure, um, I, I would guess. Which is actually, I think I looked it up before. I think Tom's like forty six or forty seven. I think they're all around there. Which is entirely different from acdc making music at 65 70 or like you just mentioned to me yesterday rolling stones has a new album out right now those guys are geriatric as fuck um and i i guess yeah it, to your point good for them but also like does anybody really get excited for the stones album in 2023 i don't know it just i i would just like like if shinedown ever gets to this point where brent just doesn't have the voice anymore and they're kind of like just getting old just be done just be done yeah i do see your argument where it's like you kind of lose some of the allure and some of what made you so great when you just keep putting music out um i almost you know what to a point like even like green day with some of their most recent stuff it's just like eh, like i'm not even like i used to be the biggest green day fan and now i don't even listen to their new stuff yeah or you know maybe i'll listen to a couple tracks sure sure so i get it but I, I, at the end of the day, I think it just depends on if the band's into it and the band thinks it's good music. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I hear that for sure. Um, 
you know, it's kind of a case by case basis. Some bands will just do it to get some money pumping into you know into the stream, and others love the art. So right. Kind of a case by case thing. Uh, before we get into the album, one quick note: I saw there is a band coming to Royal Oak Music Theater in two weeks ish uh, that you and Jake might be interested in. Hollywood Undead will be performing with Tech Nine. Oh, dude, that'll be a sick concert. Sunday though. Oh. Sunday night. November, or actually, let me double check that, but I, I believe it's a Sunday night. Uh, November 5th, yeah, Sunday night. Yeah, Shane asked me to go to uh, Little Wayne in, on a Sunday in December where it's like him, Ice Spice, T Grizzly, and like eight other performers. Sure. And I was like, I don't know about it. I'm not trying to pay $150 for that lineup. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. But. So I, I was looking at tickets right before we started. There, are, it, It's a lot of gen added. It's like 75 bucks a pop on Ticketmaster. We could probably find them slightly cheaper. That's more than I would have expected. Yeah, Hollywood and Dead has kind of fallen off the radar pretty hard. Uh, they, still to, got, they still make good music. I don't disagree. I'm just compared to maybe their uh, the height of their popularity. What, what kind of a mix do you think you'd see? Like when I picture Hollywood and Dead, I picture like angsty – teens male like young, teens young adults like, and tech nine was he was more popular back in like the <laughs> mid 2000s maybe yeah i mean yeah i don't know I, I, I don't that's know. just a wild mix of, uh, <laughs> of music there well it's like we said before you know like blink went on tour with lil wayne for like half a year <laughs> <laughs> true uh, anyways yeah just something i was thinking about on the way here <laughs> something um, to consider yeah all right, uh, I think that's good enough for us to get into it here. So yeah, opens. You want to start with the album cover? Yeah. Um, let me pull this up because I. It's it's pretty basic. It's just the th- you know the three of them. It's Tom, then Travis, then Mark, and it's all just it's just headshots. Ah yes, it's the black and white, almost like uh, it kind of looks like mug shots, honestly. Like they got them up against that black like cinder or gray cinder block wall and everything. Yeah. It's a pretty basic album cover, but I do think it sets the tone of this is what the album's about. It's Tom being back in the band. These guys all liking each other, being friends. They're in it for the long haul, the camaraderie, the brothership, the the love that they have for each other. That's what they want to convey in this album, and that's what they're going to put on the album cover. Yeah, and I – no, I'll save that thought. But, yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. I hadn't thought that deeply into it because it is fairly nondescript. Um, but, yeah, kind of a cool little – point like a nod to the album and it it's almost comes off as like this is just for the fans like this is hey this is what you want like this is what we're gonna give you well and that's that's kind of what i was about to say is this album is it, it's thick nostalgia for for a lot of it yeah so yeah let's get let's get into it with anthem part three because that rolls off of what you just said talk about nostalgia this is just just giving the rats their cheese <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, yeah, I mean, for those who know Anthem, Anthem Part 2, this is exactly that. Up-tempo, loud, thrashy on the drums, Mark and Tom singing back and forth in their, like, high level. It's a fun way to open, catchy riffs throughout. It's just good to have the boys back. Like, this is, like, certified back. Sonically, you feel like you're right back to early, mid-2000s Blink. Yeah, 100%. And it's worth noting, Travis Barker produced every song on this album. I think he co-produced one or two with someone else. Okay. But Travis Barker had his hand on every single song on this album. And this album sounds like old school Blink. Oh, 100%. But I'll bring it up later because there's a couple songs that stood out to me like, wow, you could pop this right into this and it would make sense. When you think about old school Blink, though, and we talked about it on our, our first episode about this, where 
the first couple albums are so raw and unfiltered that it's it's borderline not great. Especially the first uh, Cashmere Cat in uh, Dude Ranch. Yeah, yeah, it got a little bit better on Dude Ranch and then really got better on the following album. Right. Um, but yeah, the Cheshire Cat and Dude Ranch, very raw, very unfiltered. This is it's that same music from those albums. A lot of this and an Anthem Part Three is a good example of that. But much, much better composed. Sounds so much better, just audibly. It, yeah, it, it's nostalgia, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I think this is like what a perfect opener. Oh, dude, <laughs> certified back. Yeah. So, so Anthem Three is a little bit different thematically mm. than Anthem One or Two. Okay. So Anthem One is <laughs> Anthem One is uh, the aftermath of a teenage house party. Anthem Two is a protest song about not having control over one's future anthem three is a little bit more uplifting it's uh kind of about persevering in in the face of you know adversity and uh trials and tribulations and all that yeah i got that vibe and uh, you know there's there's definitely the good old like blink like bullshitting and messing around on this album but there is a lot more of that too where it's a little bit more personal a little bit more real yeah it's it's i, I think my takeaway is that these guys are more mature and even though they still do the joking around, like they're making more mature music. Yeah, it's not all dick jokes. Right. So some of the lyrics to back that up. This time I won't be complacent. The dreams I gave up and wasted a new high, a new ride, and I'm on fire. My old shit ends here tonight, which is cool. They're yeah. putting all their old shit to rest. It's what they're opening the album with. New page, but yes. same old shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Great open. Great open. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they followed up well, too. The next song is Dance With Me, and I think this one's fun, too. This is them fucking around, but also like a cool song. This song opens with, I think it's Mark. No, it's Tom. It's Tom. Tom just says into the mic, yeah, you know, when I teach masturbation, I'm always just like, have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. And then they break into the song. That is such a nonsense, bullshit, jokey line, but it, it's, a, it's a fantastic ad here. If this is what you're giving them, fucking give it to them. It made me laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh the first time I heard it. But uh, the song itself, up-tempo, mid-high energy, kind of soft bass line traveling through, but then, like, thick le- electric chords, like, mid-tune coming along on top of it. Tom, he's awesome on the guitar and on the mic on this track. His vocals are hasn't missed a beat, man. Same old Tom. I love this chorus where they, with the ole, 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 ole. Yeah, so on the chorus, they started out, they, they had planned that for the chorus, and then they ended up kicking it to the outro of the song, and then they re- re-listened to it, and they're like, no, 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 no. This, yeah. this needs to come back for the chorus. No, this is this is absolutely a song you'll hear on their tour next se- next year. Whenever they're... They actually just announced a One More Time tour today. Oh, They're, they're playing it in um, uh, LCA again. I okay. can't remember what month, but some point later this year. Hell yeah. That will be a must-go for me. Yeah, I, I didn't, I'm I didn't down go to go. Summer, I, so. I saw him earlier this year. I'm down to see him again. Hell yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, this this is absolutely something that'll get the people going at the live shows this summer. Yeah, dude. In the do you see they released a music video for this too? I think a couple days before the album came out, they're all dressed as the Ramones. So they have on these like cheesy <laughs> wigs, and uh, the music video is pretty funny. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's fun. But yeah, this is uh, it, lyrically it's it's not it's you know it's a song about wanting to dance with a, a pretty girl at a party so yeah. it's nothing crazy but it's it's very audibly pleasing oh yeah yeah oh yeah good track yeah so it follows that up with fell in love which is probably one of their better love songs yeah this is cool too i mean it's still fairly high energy um you got mark and tom kind of trading lines through the verses coming together on the choruses um guitars are a slightly softer little higher tune kind of a poppier pop rock punk pop punk type deal yeah it's a little, a little poppier for sure yeah um 
bits of like you got this like weird kind of high tuned keyboard that gets thrown in in sections too. It's it's a fun little ad. Um, the, this is Travis. Travis gets it. So you you mentioned Travis produces on this album. Yes, there are definitely like the first two tracks is just him hitting the drums as fast and as hard as he can. This track he gets it. He falls into more of like this mid kind of pace setting tempo. It's not so much just him like balls to the walls as it is like leading the band through the song it's very 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 good if you just just pay attention to it as you listen through chorus is catches as hell uh i like this one a lot too i i really like this one as well yeah it's it's uh kind of a nostalgic love song he's kind of tom's kind of reminiscing about you know feelings that he had in a relationship and uh some of the lyrics you can assume the re- relationship ends but it still comes off as like a love song and uh, he sings in the chorus. Do you remember the time when we first met? You were at a party with your ex. I said hello. Then I got drunk. Do you remember the time we fell in love? And do you remember the time when you came over, playing songs, laying on my shoulder? We made out till the sun came up. Do you remember the time Remember the time we fell in love? This is also in this song. They have the classic blink. Nah, nah, nah. Like I was going to say, it's that blink, but it's it's. I've mentioned this on a few other bands. It's right back to the Beatles, man. This is what the Beatles did back in the day where they're getting everybody else involved. And just kind of nonsensically humming like through sections of the song. It's so old school, but very classic Blink, too. It's a fantastic ad. Yeah, anytime Blink whips out the nah, 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 it's always, always, yes, always plays. Yep, 100%. Yeah, so the next song is kind of interesting. Um, I'll get your notes on it, and then I, I've got a, a cool little tidbit about it. So this is Terrified. Yeah, uh, this one's all right for me. Didn't love it, didn't hate it. Uh this song's mid-high tempo, high energy, bit more pop rocky than kind of pop punky in my opinion. Uh, still kind of rock anthem vibe here. Um, drums are killing it now. Back to the thrashing bullshit. Really, really good. Uh, Mark sounds great on the on the mic here. He does some great yells, especially through the choruses. Um, churning guitars throughout. I don't know. I just something about this track just didn't quite hit the spot for me. Yeah. So. What's interesting about this one is this was an old boxcar racer song that mm. Travis and Tom had on uh, one of, I think Travis had it on like a hard drive from like way back in the day. Cause boxcar racer was like, would have been like early 2010s. Okay. So they were telling Zane Lowe, they're like, yeah, we had this song and we really, we both really liked it, but we didn't want to release it until it was like a blink song. Sure. Sure. So they kind of whipped it out and, and uh, you know, re-recorded and, and that's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dress it up a little bit. So it's. Yeah, I like that. But you can kind of hear it when it first kicks off. It does sound like it's got that more like boxcar racer, like angels and airwaves. Like it it doesn't come all across as like a traditional. Bl- like it, I can hear that when I listen to it after knowing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar. I've listened to maybe one or two angels and airwaves tracks. Don't know any by boxcar racer. Um, but it definitely is not like a stereotypical blink track. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So the song is kind of interesting like some of the lyrics i can't feel my body and nothing else here matters at all the shapes become electric innocence and magic for all i'm lifting past the skyline and no one seems to notice my fall in and out of timelines now i see the truth of it all it's kind of about uh jumping off a building and ah okay like the the fall is yeah yeah is kind of eminent and there's uh another boxcar racer song elevator that has like a similar lyrical structure Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then in the chorus, to me, it sounded like it could even be talking about like going to heaven because the chorus is literally just him singing, "Welcome, terrified. Welcome, terrified." 
And then the second verse is Tom singing, Laughter from the children, the streets are made of silence for you. I will reach the summit to hold you in my arms with a view. So I'm like, it sounds like maybe he jumps off a building and then goes to heaven. Yeah, but something like that. Yeah, definitely um, one of the more unique tracks. Yeah, something out there for sure. Follows that up with the title track, One More Time. And uh, I kind of already alluded to this, but this is an interesting track lyrically as it is musically. Because this is very unlike a lot of the other songs they've ever done. Um, it's kind of this mid-slow tempo, low ener- mid-low energy acoustic piano ballad. Um, Mark and Tom kind of in a lower level singing for the most part. Uh, trading lines back and forth again, but like you hear the the regret and the pain kind of in their voice, and it, it's all it's all about what we talked this whole album is about. It's a bit of regret that like they didn't do this sooner. Yeah, and just kind of not taking things for granted. Right, exactly, and, and so you know towards the end it it feels like it ends on a little bit more of a positive note, um, where they're like, you know what, we are back together though, so you know we got this at least, but God, we wasted a lot of time. Yeah, well, it's this is interesting. They have all three of them because they even have Travis sing one more oh, time. Oh, really? Okay. I, it's towards the end. You can kind of make it out where it's like Mark sings or, and then Tom and then Travis sings it. And you're like, oh, that, that one sounded a little different. <laughs> I'll have to um, tune in on that. But yeah, lyrically, this is just a cool song, like talking about their experiences. Strangers from strangers into the brothers, from brothers into strangers once again. We saw the whole world, but I couldn't see the meaning. I couldn't even recognize my friends. So that's Tom's verse. And then uh, Mark sings, older, but nothing's any different. Right now feels the same. I wonder why. I wish they told us. It shouldn't take a sickness or airplanes falling off the sky. And then the chorus, do I have to die to hear you miss me? Do I have to die to hear you say goodbye? I don't want to act like there's tomorrow. I don't want to wait to do this one more time. Yeah, and so it's that last line in the verse and then the first line in the chorus that really struck me. It's like, it's raw, man. Like they didn't beat around the bush. There's no metaphor here. It it is exactly what happened to them. Yeah. And Tom, Tom's first line there in the chorus is he's dripping it off the mic, man. Like so raspy and and beat up, emotional. It's it's a fantastic job. Yeah, I mean this is just it's just as real as it gets. Like yeah, these guys have been through Helen Helen back, and that's what they're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely a good track, even if it is not your traditional. Yeah, blink. it's not going to be the fun blink sing along anthem, but it's a cool track regardless. Yeah. So it follows that up with more than you know, which th- fun fun fact. This was Tom's favorite song off the album. He says he likes it most for the rad double bass drums Travis put together on it. <laughs> this might be my favorite song off the album too. Yeah, I like this one. This is a nice track. Uh, the, my, the one of the notes I had here is this is a bit dude ranchy. <laughs> it feels like that kind of pop not even pop punk like very like punk rocky but like cleaned up a little bit oh i love the music in this especially in the chorus yeah really really good work and it opens like it kind of hits you with a one two where like it opens with this kind of sad low piano and then breaks into this very old school blink song yeah it's like quick pause and then just thrashing away again yeah. it's cool uh Tom's guitar is ripping off this track. Uh, mid-tune, kind of pop-punky riffs on top of this like fast-churning bass. Drums crashing. A lot of hard yells on this track from Tom and, and Mark. Bridge like really breaks it back down into its soft range and then crescendos hard at the end. It's a, it's a cool track. Yeah, so I love the chorus in this one. 
Uh, Tom sings a chorus. I don't feel pain, but I feel more than you'd ever know. I don't feel shame. I don't have highs, but I've got some lows. I feel a bit cursed. I've been numb and sinking down like a stone. I don't feel pain, but I feel more than you'd ever know. That line in there in the chorus, I feel a bit cursed. I've been numb and sinking down like a stone. That's a nod to Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell. Ah, uh, like a stone. He's got numb, numb from, from Lincoln Park and then like a stone for Audio, Audio Slave, Slave, Chris Cornell. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool, like, he just slipped that in there. Damn. That's crazy. That's the second time we've caught them doing that now. Yeah. And, uh, dude, when I, when I read that, like, little tidbit, I was like, wow. I would that, That's something I could have listened to that song 25 times and I would have never. picked up on it. Yeah. yeah. And then Mark is singing in this song about just some of his experiences with cancer, which is, it's always just sad to hear. Yeah. But, he sings, your bed is the last battlefield, a nuclear weapon. Let's search and destroy all the innocent throats we can step on. You bury your face underneath half-hearted confessions. You poison yourself with the thought, I won't love you to death. So, again, I think this might be my favorite song off the album, too. I'm still coming along with this album. I think I've listened through it four times now. And every time I find another song that I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice, actually. Yeah, so because you brought this up organically, this is one of the uh, talking points I wanted to bring up. When I first listened to this album, I would listen start to finish, and I, I said, eh, I don't know about this. I did the same thing. And then a couple hours later, I, I sat, I thought about it, I listened to some interviews, and I was like, you know what, like, the, like these guys are making music for them for, them, for themselves. Like, it still has that blink sound. I went back and listened to it without any expectations, and it, I, I, love, I, like, I loved it. Yeah. So the first time I was like, oh, like... You know, I'm expecting this to be Enemy of the State or uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And it's like, no, like, that was them, like, 15 years ago. Like, you can't expect mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I want to have that conversation at the end, too, is, like, where does this rank? Um, but let's save that for the end because sure. I, maybe some extended thoughts on that. Um, but it's certainly grown on me with each listen. Yeah, so, like, first time through, I was like, oh, it's it's average. And then now I probably, like, six listens and I'm like, I like every song. Yeah, so, yeah, I feel you. I think this Been is there. one where, yeah, and I've done that a couple times in the last couple of years where I, I remember specifically I did it for Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall where the first time I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And then it became my favorite album of the year. No shit. Yeah, it's hmm. just, uh, I, I don't know, it's just one of those things. It like, happens. Sometimes you don't even realize you have these expectations and then you, you listen to something like the second time through and you're like, oh, maybe I was, I just came into it wrong. You made a great point when you texted me before I had even given a first listen, you said, listen through it, however you're going to listen through it. Then the second time you listen through it, just turn your brain off. Just listen. Don't just, just listen, try to enjoy it. And it really cut through all the, the shit where like, you know, for me, my, my example, I always go back to is Amaryllis where like, I'm coming right off sound of madness and I get Amaryllis and I'm like, wow, this album is so fucking different. It's so lame. There's a couple tracks, but like, fuck man. And then every every time after that, I listened through it. My expectations got a little bit lower and a little bit lower, and my enjoyment of the album got a little bit higher. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you listen to it like without anything in your mind, you're just like, oh, like this sounds like Blink One Eighty Two, and then like, oh, like that was a cool line, or oh, he, I like the way he sung that. Yeah, hundred so. percent. That was a long way to say the next song is edging. Uh, <laughs> or no, sorry, I skipped way ahead. Turn this off. Interlude. Interlude. Uh, yeah. They have a few of these. This is another kind of classic Blink bit where they ha- they throw in these like 20, 30 second songs, interludes, uh, just as like kind of a fuck around bit. Um, and that's really all this is. This is them thrashing away again on all their instruments and Tom and Mark just singing about shitty hookups. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, short and 
I mean, I'm not going to save it, but it's it's cool that it, they're it, putting that little flair of personality It's a fun little listen there. through the album. Yeah. So the next track is When You're Young, which, uh, again, another Travis Barker produced. They're all almost Travis Barker mm-hmm. produced. Mm-hmm. Um, this one came off as like a kind of like a nostalgic song. Yeah, I like, got that, too. Kind of got that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's I get the classic Blink feel here, too. It's mid-high tempo, mid-high to high energy. Thrashy instruments everywhere, mid-tune, kind of low guitar. Um, I think Mark does a great job on the mic here. Um, it, it's It hasn't stood off the page to me yet, but today on my list, and I, I was like, you know, I could see this one growing on me. Yeah, I'd, I think this is definitely um, not one of the standout tracks from the album, but it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it, too. The next track is Edging, yeah. which this was the lead single for the album. And it's funny, I think, to some degree, Edging kind of set my expectations for more of the album to sound like this, whereas yeah. really, Edging is an outlier sound-wise. No, that's a great point. This is very much like, oh, what's that one before, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket? Um, Enema of the State? Anima, it, it struck me as very Enema of the State. Classic pop punk, like, riffs, sound, drums, all the way through. It's This is right back to the old day, like call it early mid 2000s blink right here um like mid-high tempo high energy drums are like throttled but also complex because they have these like little pause sections throughout and so the drums kind of like stay it's not just travis beating the hell out of them it's him kind of staying in tune um adds great depth to the track here guitars are fairly simple but i think this is just like a fun like chant along sing along track for them Again, you hear this live, you're going to get the whole crowd into it. And it was a it was a great lead single in the fact that Tom sings a stanza, then Mark, yeah, the and trade. then the chorus, and then yeah, and like it's like the trade. It's it's really well executed from that part of it. And uh, one of the lines in the chorus where he sings, "No, I leave them brokenhearted. Oh no, look at the mess we started." To me, that seems like a nod at like Blink acknowledging like. Oh, we you know we left some of our fans like brokenhearted at you know breaking yeah, up not yeah, once yeah. but twice and right. Uh, so I th- I don't know I th- I don't think the whole song is about that but to me that came across as, like a little nod. And it's funny too that that your lead single for an album and this single came out what early summer maybe late spring. Yeah. So then the album comes out in November and it's funny that edging is the title for the track that will leave you teased for six months before the album comes out. <laughs> yeah, you know funny what? Funny little nod there. I didn't even think about that. Just something <laughs> I thought of today. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not like a crazy blink. Like there's nothing deep, super deep about this track. It's just a fun blink song. Yeah, absolutely. So up next is you don't know what you've got, which is uh good, but sad, sad song. Yeah. You know, I was trying to come up with a way to describe this. And I think this kind of hits the note for me. The guitars here, instead of being like fun or pop punky they're low and deflating like you just feel deflated listening to the guitars throughout here um it sounds like they're, they're regretting the breakup again on this track that's what it felt like to me anyways um but i think the chorus here is very classic. like they pick up the energy and the like the vibe a little bit into the chorus and the chorus is a classic blink chorus really really good work channel long vibe to it to me the chorus in this one because tom like belts it out it, it reminded me of uh stay together for the kids yeah and he's belting out you know now here's your holiday yeah yeah, yeah. uh so this song from mark's verses is about him dealing with cancer one phone call wiped out a year like waves swept under the pier long weeks of impending doom stuck in life's waiting room 
always so close to goodbye, pushed so far over the line, no new light under the moon, stuck in life's waiting room. Mm-hmm. And then he sings later in the song, the poison skin you can't touch, go on without me, my love, no kiss to send you away, it wouldn't help anyway. Like, goddamn, that, that is... Rips. That's some... Yeah, that's really Heavy raw. shit there. And then uh, at the end, I begged for your forgiveness, I made a deal with God, I took you all for granted, you can write my epilogue. This is certainly one of the songs I overlooked on the first listener, too. Um, right. Because, again, it's not giving you that classic blink. Um, and I guess I kind of just expected this song to be 17 edgings. <laughs> or this uh, this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 17. That would be... Oh, man, dude, we'd be ripping them if it was... I mean, I don't know. <laughs> How funny would that be if they if there was, like, 17, like, just... All, they're all, like, the same. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when you get a track like this, that is very sad, very not typical blink uh it's easy to look this one over but i think this one's also growing on me a lot really good track yeah again it just goes back to like it's just real it's it's them going through shit the lyrics the the lyrics in this album i think is their best songwriting or it's certainly up there with some of their best songwriting that was something i was worried about going this album too is like how long can a a bunch of 45 50 year olds sing about like like screwing chicks in high school you know (laughs) So I was definitely worried about the songwriting going to this album, but no, it's it's a highlight for sure. <laughs> well, it's funny because I mean th- they had a lot of those songs back in the day, but even back in their twenties, they still had you know like Adam's song and "Stay Together for the Kids." And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. They had, yeah, they so. had deeper tracks for sure. The next track is uh, a little bit different. It's "Blink Wave." This might be my least favorite song on the album. I might in agreement with that i think it's just it's a little experimental it's something that it feels like maybe was just kind of tossed on like hey we like this but it's not gonna be for everybody and we gotta put it somewhere so (laughs) it's it's literally blink wave is a nod to them doing like a new wave kind of like indie song in their style that's the whole bit i got Um, it's kind of like a retro vibe yeah it's got these like Echoey vocals, light and approachable guitars, but then like Travis is still playing like Travis plays. Uh, I, you know, it's it's fun, easy listening, but it's not something that I would ever really like find myself going back to. Yeah, I I had also noted this might be the one of the more forgettable ones off the album. Yeah. Um. Plus, you're eleven deep now. Yeah, I do like. There's a line in the chorus. Uh, you know, I just can't keep my mind off you. The pain's so deep, I can't get through. And then he sings, with the midnight's black and white tattoos, which I think is a really, really cool line. Yeah, it Thinking is Thinking about, cool. like, the, the, scar, yeah. the stars in the sky yeah, as tattoos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So right. I thought that was cool. That was fun. Af- All right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, after that is Bad News, which is another kind of sad song about falling in, out of love with someone. Yeah, and so my note on this one was that this feels like it would be a slightly more organized version of some Cheshire Cat song. Very punk rocky, um, which is weird because, like, throughout this track, Tom's singing a lot, and he sings kind of sweetly into the mic. Oh, this one's more Mark. I... Is it more Mark? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Mark is, I'm giving you bad, bad news. Yeah, that, that's Mark. Regardless, the, the singing is fairly sweet throughout the track, but the music is not. The music is very loud and thrashy. Um but it's a cool, like, maybe this is what I was looking for when we did listen to Cheshire Cat. When we did listen to Dude Ranch, we're like, it's not just, like, screaming away, thrashing away. It's a little bit of both. It's got a softer side to it. Um, and like you said, it's kind of sad. Uh, I think this is a really, really good song. Yeah, I, th- I think this one was, I liked it a little bit less, but I 
still like it. Yeah. Yeah. So after that is another interlude, which is funny because they have. <laughs> I guess this is where it's hard to like distinguish aside from the times because like this interlude is what a minute fifteen, and the the song turn this off is only like twenty five seconds. <laughs> yeah. You know, but this is the only one they mark as like an interlude. Because <laughs> uh, there's a third one coming up in a couple other songs. Um, so, yeah, it's just funny that, like, of the three tracks that are less than a minute 30, this is the only one that they listed as interlude. I didn't, pick, the I didn't even pick up three. on that. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, regardless here, um, yeah, like I said, probably about a minute 15. Uh, you got this, like, one kind of piercing piano note playing over and over and over again. Um, and then Tom kind of singing sweet and loud. Uh, you know, I don't know. Nothing crazy here. Yeah. So the next song is Turpentine or Turpentine. Yeah. Because. Go ahead. I was going to say Tom sings it both ways in the yeah, song. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Right. And then Mark at the end. I think it's Mark at the no, end. No, it's Tom at the end. Gotta keep fucking this off. <laughs> You're good. Uh, at the very end is like Turpentine. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny in the. In one of the chorus or the verse, he sings turpentine, and then at the end of it, he sings turpentine. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I, actu- I actually, I like the song, but it is a little cheesy with, in regards to him rhyming it both ways. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I got, I got a feeling this is kind of just nonsense song. I'm not in love with it. It's good, not great for me. Um, but it is very much old school Blink again, up tempo, high energy, loud thrashy guitar up and down the, the the fretboard on it hitting all the notes he's got these like thick heavy chords through the verses and then hits some cool like higher tuned licks on the chorus um yeah i think mark and tom both sound really good on the mic here um yeah but yeah the lyrics are nonsense for the most part well yeah sonically i like it I, some of the lyrics i think are about someone just being kind of lost in the world um he's he sings in the chorus what if i'm not like the others a broken man a frankenstein what if my heart won't recover i'll clean myself with turpentine uh yeah yeah turpentine and so he sings that in the chorus but then at the in the verse and the end of the song he sings turpentine i think it's one of those like english american pronunciation bits you know yeah so yeah that that's it for for turpentine they sandwiched that song right between two interludes. That's I just realized that. It's kind of a weird move. Yeah, kind of a weird move because the next song, interlude song, is Fuckface. And this is just them thrashing away again as loud and as hard as they can for like 20 seconds. Yeah, it's, I think it's like 26-second interlude. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. So then we get to the last two songs on the album, uh, first of those being Other Side, which I think is... Uh, well, actually, it is more personal to them. They wrote this song as a tribute to uh, Mark's bass tech, who passed away in 2022. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is this one is interesting. Just in terms, it's only like two minutes and nine seconds. Um, you would think, I don't know. Some, I guess, I just with you mentioning that it, it's personal to them, you would think it'd be a little bit longer. Two oh nine seems short. Uh, but regardless, I still kind of like this one. Very pop punky. Tom and his high level all the way through. Guitars mid tune, bit buzzy. Uh, Bass line is fast and kind of like really sets a great pace for this track. Uh, drums loud, thrashy. Uh, this one's growing on me a little bit. Yeah, I like this one. And uh, yeah, I mean it's cool that they, you know they wrote a tribute for one of their longtime techs. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I like that. Yep. So the album closes out with Childhood. Which is again, it's a another kind of nostalgic song. 
yeah. lyrically lyrically I don't, I don't know how to feel about this one because uh, it is like fairly light low and slow um it's got this odd kind of ethereal keyboard bit in the back uh everything feels throttled like musically throughout it, um you know it picks up a little bit towards the end but um the song's just really just like reminiscing on the good old days uh you know being young being children um it's a really good closer for the album but in terms of like replay value or going back to it maybe I, yeah, I think you're right. So lyrically, they do sing about, you know, remember when we were young and we'd laugh at everything, got caught up in a world that forgot how to dream. But then they follow it up with, I never thought we'd end up here. We're back in time to the best years. Uh, so they're kind of like, remember the good old days and now we're back. You know, we're back together. And again, yeah. so from that aspect, I do agree it's a good closer. Replay value, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, this is maybe one of a, only a couple songs I haven't really formed an opinion on yet. Um, I don't know. It's just it's so different. Uh, it's not like powerful, uh, powerful like musically. And yeah, I just don't know how I feel about this one yet. But then the other thing is like the the longer the longer time goes on, the less I'll be listening to this album full through, and the more likely I'll just completely forget about the song. You know? Yeah, that's that's fair. So. Before we get into the, I know you had a couple of talking points. I think I had one or two that we hadn't hit on from just going through this. The first just being in the Zane Lowe interview, Mark and, and Tom both kind of said, and not necessarily directly, but they both kind of alluded to, like part of the reason for them breaking up the first time was they both had feelings of like, oh, like, am I able to make, you know, hit songs and hit records without this other guy who's also like a lead vocalist classic rock 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 like rocker problem yeah and obviously tom did boxcar racer angels and airwaves both successful angels and airway more so than boxcar racer mark and travis did plus 44 and then obviously blink with uh matt skiba which yeah i would say of all those different bands and projects california was the most successful of any of them angels and airwaves got some good stuff i don't doubt it i'm just saying california oh. was a hit man yeah for sure no i i agree yeah, so I thought, I mean, that point was just worth break it, bringing up, I think. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, my overall feeling on this album, it's, I don't, you mentioned at the beginning, they're not 25 anymore. They're late, mid-late 40s. And so you just, it's it's not fair to put those expectations on them necessarily. Um, with that in mind, we mentioned a lot of nostalgia, a lot of good vibes here. Um, some deeper stuff that's really interesting, personal to them, which is cool after such a long time apart. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> if you like, if we power ranked all the albums right now, this would probably be four or five for me. And I'm debate. Uh, this is going to sound fucked up, but I'm debating if this is better than California. I see. I don't know. I I do think you you got to give it a little bit of time. First impressions, though. Certainly, this is better than nine. Yeah, it's better than nine, better than Cheshire Cat. I don't think it's better than Dude Ranch. I don't think it's better than Enema of the State. I don't think it's better than Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Oh, it's. I think it's definitely better than Dude Ranch. I think, yeah, I would probably put it in three to four range, maybe. So maybe yeah, are, you, are, you, are you having the same debate I'm having where, like, is California better than this album? I'd, yeah, I'd have to do. I'd have to have a side by side of like the tracks yeah. and then yeah, like, yeah. go through and like. And I'm pretty sure California is pretty long album. It might even be a, like there might be a deluxe double version. 
Um, oh, they released the deluxe version. That was like 20-something songs. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. the extra songs they released weren't even that good. Yeah, it was nothing crazy. But I think the original is maybe 12, 13. Uh, I just pulled it up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 with an interlude. So 15. Yeah, so pretty comparable. Yeah, he's, I'm... He's doing the, the math in his I'm head right now, I'm doing the folks. mental math. I, uh... I really like Bored to Death. She's out of her mind. Los Angeles, Sober. Uh, I, li- I mean, I like all the songs. I like all the, a lot of all the songs <laughs> on One More Time, too, though. I know. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll come back to this, or maybe not. I mean, at some point, we'll do Blink again. We'll do the rest of it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just... Like, there's hits on this album, and there's hits on California, but then I think the, the devil's in the details there. We're like... You throw the interludes out and the rest of it, I think are is for like, it'd be a fucking battle, man. Seven game series. <laughs> I like that. Seven game series. I, it might be a recency bias, but I am going to rank it ahead of California. Uh, I don't, and then I don't know. I'd, I'd really have to think about it. Well, yeah. So the rest, the rest of it, like it's better than neighborhoods. It's better than, yeah, but then self-titled "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" and "Enema of the State" I all really like. Isn't self-titled like the greatest hits, or am I? Thinking no, that's separate. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I listened to the rest of their catalog. You know, obviously I have them in the rotation, but uh, it's just an interesting point. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't dog shit. It wasn't even bad. It's a good album. It's not their peak, but I don't think it's fair to expect that of them. And I would even argue that. This is like a new era of Blink where you, you'd have to judge this album against like whatever they're going to put out in two years or yeah, even I, the I last get, two I get albums. Your point. I get your point. Like I feel like with Blink, because they've been around for so long, you can kind of do this where you break it up like 1995 to 2005, you know, and then 2010 to 2020, and then now 23 on. Yeah. No, that's kind of a good point because um, they're, they're entirely different people at this point in their lives, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, maybe just a couple favorite tracks off this album, then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for me, I would say, I mean, Edging, even though it's a single, that's still one of my favorites. More Than You Know, definitely one of my favorites. Fell In Love, Dance With Me. Anth- I still like Anthem Part 3 a lot. I'd say that's a that's a good list. A little five song set there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say maybe top two or three for me. Definitely Anthem Part Three is in my top three. Uh Edging's gonna be in my top three as well. And then yeah, probably probably dance with me. Um in a tight race with like one more time. Uh, I do like one more time too. Yeah. Well <laughs> please go on. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just gonna end up listening off the whole album. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. <laughs> oh man. Um uh, all right, you got anything else for today? Nope. Yeah, neither do I. Um, all right, cool. So I don't know when you're getting this, but probably soon. Um, anyways, follow us on socials, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok at Flip the Record. Like, review, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one.